Montgomery, 1955. It was the slap. Every muscle tensed and my senses numbed. The shame of association. Set 200 years ago, we write it off as ignorance. The arrogance of empire and outdated thought. But it's still there in some. The hankering for the time when fortune of birth meant privilege and seats on the bus. When we read of it now, normalised in abstracts, in headlines, in bulletins, and spoken in code, it's all this and neo that, it feels patriotic to some. But we are humans. That's the only birthright. And who would I have been, segregated and propagandised, handed seats and privilege I hadn't earned? Complicit, if unknowing, in the moment and the change, thankful for compassion, for solidarity. To navigate by our hearts is only and very human. Perhaps it is also universal. Hello, welcome to the Oodcast. We are back once again um, to review the episode Rosa. Um, sitting round this not quite circular table with me. Uh, we'll go this way. Uh, to my left is the lovely Loz. Hello, everybody. To my right is the lovely Andy. Hello. And across... I just want to say Ooh. that if you took the middle section out of the table, it would be a circle. It, it would, yeah. It's a fancy extendable table. <laughs> and right across from me is the lovely Chris Sigma. Hi, Chris Alpha. Nice to be here, as always. Yeah. Have you noticed you're all lovely? I just wanted to make sure I pointed that out as we're well. all for equality yeah. here aren't yes. we yeah. we know we're lovely don't we <laughs> Sometimes. you do now because i told Sometimes. you all amazing um, so yes we as i said we are reviewing the episode rosa um delving into history and into some of the darker subjects of recent human history perhaps um where does anybody want to start anybody want to kick us off <gasps> there's so much to say yeah I'll that's, go, that's I'll why go I someone else to tell you what, as the only person in the room who fits a demographic that's just marginally different from you guys, I'll go last. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to sit at the back of the podcast bus, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I would like to start with just a fairly benign observation, but one that I love, which is that Rosa is currently the latest episode of New Doctor Who. And Rose was the first episode of Current Doctor Who. We've just moved but one vowel away. <laughs> That's the, the most benign thing it's I can say. It's a shame, say. though, is yes. it not, that the Doctor didn't meet her and immediately have cause to grab her hand and say, lovely to meet you, Rosa. Run. Yes. <laughs> that would have been a very different episode. <laughs> just slightly. 
And I guess that's a nice jumping off point. This was an incredibly different episode, um, hearkening back perhaps to a classic historical, very near, almost a pure historical, just one element that's different. Um, and we haven't seen that very much. Certainly in modern Who, we haven't. And it, right from that very first shot, the crane shot of the street moving down, that first scene has no extraterrestrial threat in it at all, not even a hint of it. That's just all human beings being awful to each other. And I thought that kind of set out the stall for this episode. This is not a normal episode. We're going to do something different. Yeah, mm. I don't think we've seen a historical episode like this at all in New Who because they don't touch the history at all. They touch everything around it, but it's almost as if the history is happening there on, on one side and they are doing their bit over here, making sure this bit doesn't interfere with this bit. For and the uninitiated was, viewer, Chris is gesturing. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm evoking the spirit of Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to speak over you there, Chris. No, no, it's okay. Um yeah, I think that was a really clever way of doing it. It means you're not touching that historical person in any way. You're not putting words in their mouth, you're not making them do anything silly. Um you're just sort of respecting the history and that mm. seems to be important well, they, to this doctor. they didn't interfere with her motives at all i thought no. that was the you know, thankfully there was no scene of um rosa you've got to do this you've got to stand up and and take a stand on the bus you know she she would have done that come what may they just mm. made sure the pieces were all in place for it to happen and she had done that hadn't she because there's that interesting quirk of history that means that she'd had an altercation with that same bus driver 11 yeah. years previous and when that initial scene happened i had no idea that that had happened what's that in, fact yes yes it is, yes, yeah. it is factual. Wow. I, I was reading about it earlier she um said that usually uh, she avoided getting on his bus when that day she just wasn't paying very much attention and got oh. on the bus I actually did an article on Rosa Parks for my day job a couple of years ago. And actually, the real truth is even more interesting uh, than uh, that what we're presented with. I mean, mm. it's hinted at that she was part of a, a bigger yes. group with, with Dr. King and several others. She knew what she was doing. It, it, yeah. what, like they knew that they had to make a stand at some point. They had planned it. In fact, it had happened several months before. Yes, with she a, wasn't the first. Yeah, yeah with a, a pregnant young woman. And I think it was just judged that it had to be someone, you know, it had to be a Rosa Parks. It had yeah, to be someone. They, they wanted a plaintiff to challenge the system and a pregnant 15-year-old wasn't going to be as sympathetic mm. to the courts as uh, a, a middle-aged Upstanding uh, woman of character. Mm, exactly. So this episode sort of says that she was the right woman at the right pl place at the right time and it was all an accident. Yeah. I think the truth is even more exciting than that, that actually she was a revolutionary and she knew. Mm -hmm. But even so, I think this is an incredible episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't reckon it was hinted at. I think it was spelled out pretty explicitly that that she knew what was going on and was prepared to do things to further the cause. I mean, yeah, I think it's in there. You don't have meetings in your front room with a bunch of people who are attempting to challenge the status quo, unless you are aware <laughs> that there will be repercussions as a result of it. But yeah, the funny part of that is that if that is true, which it was, then if the doctor didn't manage to get it to happen on that day, they'd just go, okay, everyone, replan, we'll do it yeah, next week. Else do. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is possible, yeah. <laughs> I uh, like the fact that the enemy or the villain is racism. 
and um, the fact that Crasco is such a what's a polite way of putting it? What's a sort of pre-watershed word for what idiot? Yeah, <laughs> super idiot. <laughs> yes, we, we all know what Andy wants to say. At this super point. idiot, yeah, yeah. and that he's so kind of ridiculous and shallow and two-dimensional. Um, but then that is arguably what racism is. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Mm. Um, I'm kind of trying to sort of express myself better. But this guy was such a... And he yeah, was it's just... Mi- mindless. Yeah, almost. yeah. yeah I know and he was this kind of like um, attractive white male. We don't know his <laughs> background or why he's a racist, but he's that kind of annoying gets under your skin kind of white supremacist let's help andy out listeners uh, andy can't say rude words because we're not that kind of podcast but we'd like you to so after three wherever <laughs> you are you know wherever you're listening to this whether there's children around or not think of the word that you would describe crusco as and shout it out okay three two one go the guy that slaps ryan <gasps> and wasn't that just a heart-stopping moment in Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is as shallow and stupid as Crasco, but yet I completely understood his motive for doing it because of the setting he lived in. Whereas Crasco just seems like a... Rude word. Yes. Yeah. And then you realise, well, that's that's what racism is. It's what the characters were up against. Yes, you know, I got to the end of this when the, the final credits were running... I was thinking about whether I liked it or not. And I thought at the time, I don't think I enjoyed that. And the longer I thought about it, the more I realized, no, what I'm think, what I'm feeling or what I was feeling then was that I have been tense from the moment he slapped him to the end. Mm. And that meant that the last end with its nonsense about she changed the universe because look, some other humans named a rock after her. It, uh, that, that irritated me because I had been tense for so long and I was enjoying the release and the beauty of the end. Um, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> I no, be, I like that um, point. It really, I was incredibly tense the whole way through, and that's because I don't think I have ever seen any program at uh, this kind of um, pitched at this kind of audience have a white person slap a black person in the face. Mm. Yeah, and that's an incredibly bold thing to do, and, and it be a companion as well. One yeah. of one of the main heroes. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. I am glad they did it mm. because actually it brings the issue so immediately to the front it's very visceral yeah and the kind of reaction that i had in a minor to ryan getting slapped was sort of you feel personally injured Mm. by the violence that's demonstrated to him and by the casual racism of all of those situations but i've got colleagues at work who in britain in 2018 have come back to their car after a day at the seaside to find a sticker on it saying whites only. And the kind of feeling that I have when I hear a respected colleague describe that to me, I I feel personally aggrieved and injured, even though nothing like that has ever happened to me. Mm. It just shows how abhorrent it is, a system that can damage everybody even when it's just targeted at a few people and how because it is so damaging to the fabric of society itself, it has to be a response from everybody confronting it and taking a stand against it that will hopefully do something about it. 
the slap for me was I- iconic. It's uh, it's going to be a moment of Doctor Who that yeah. people talk about for the next 50 years. And it, it drives home the fact that this episode is different. Chris is absolutely right. The things that people say, though historically accurate, have never been put in Doctor Who before. Mm. It... The, the weight of it, this unwillingness to minimise the situation in any way, to, to minimise what people went through in this time, is so brave and so different and so fresh. Um, I mean, we also have to say this is the first episode written by a person of colour yeah. in the entire history of Doctor Who, which is something that How we have to... How has it taken that long? Yeah, we have to, you know, own up to that's not a good situation to have been in. But at least this is instant classic has been ricocheting around Twitter and the rest of the internet. And I'm I'm with them. What they did here, I mean, is so brave and wonderful. Um I yeah, I'm speechless really. I watched it a second time when I wasn't as tense because I knew what was going to happen. And it is a lyrical, beautiful episode in the way it's shot, mm. in every line of dialogue. It is considered and wonderful. Really liked it. I think something else that's quite interesting is all of the proponents of racism. It's quite, you know, a lot of the episodes that we see so far are all about monsters and the monstrous and fear and outsidership. For me, as soon as somebody's, I saw somebody's face expressing that hate and anger, mm. they became ugly to me. And character actors who would probably appear quite normal in a normal role suddenly became almost grotesque. So I thought there were fantastic performances from everybody all around. Because it can't be easy to say those sorts of things if you prof- no, if you don't believe them, the, the it's guy gotta... that played the bus driver, particularly. Yeah. I mean, how do you get that angry <laughs> these days? How do how do you act like that? Because Brexit. It just, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Apart from that, <laughs> and, and Trump. Yeah. But let's not let's not. I thought that. that yeah. um, uh, the the honesty of the performances was particularly impressive, mm. as you say in this day and age. That the guy playing the bus driver and the fellow who slapped Ryan and the other racist moments were. Um, they they were full of full of fear and loathing. That's a very hard thing to to uh, summon up in in this day and age. Uh, if you're if you're not full of those things, I would say I thought it was tremendous. Yeah. And what an enemy for the Doctor, because our Doctor can outthink any evil monster, right? Mm. Our Doctor is is up to that challenge. But what can she do against an idea? There are a few things that she does that seem quite rash like the moment which i just loved where she rips off the vortex mm. manipulator is that mm. what it is yeah, that's yes. what it is yeah. she rips it off crasco's wrist and then it just stamps on it almost gleefully like mm. a child throwing a wobbly she does a two-footed jump at the end mm. which is just <laughs> such a lot of fun to watch but she's very very clever I, in how she slowly tightens his springs mm. Mm. but isn't this just the doctor rather than mm. this particular i think doctor. it's brought very seems to be on the surface yeah i mean i'm sure there weeks. are others yeah. that that fight that instinct oh, some wonderful moments yeah. in tom baker <laughs> but i mean it's she makes it very clear that she doesn't know what to do mm. quite a lot of the time she is acting on instinct mm. And some of her actions are quite impulsive and betray that. 
And I don't know that we've necessarily seen that so much. Like that moment where you see her face as she realises that she has to do nothing. Oh, that's mm. an amazing moment. It's, Susan Coleman on Twitter posted that moment uh, from BBC iPlayer with the subtitles on. And it's uh, Jodie Whittaker in the foreground looking, you know, distraught that she can't intervene. Um, and Rosa Parks in the background. And then at the bottom of the screen is the subtitle, No. Uh, Alex just sums it up. It was a beautiful moment. I mean, there are great <clears throat> historical events of death and destruction that the Doctor hasn't been able to do anything with. Mm. and But he's always been able to save one person or change one thing. I'm thinking of the fires of Pompeii and things like that, mm. where he hasn't been forced into inertia. But now we see that she is. And that, in a way, is one of the biggest things for her to get over in this mm. episode. Just like, no, just sit there. The fact You're going to be were... part of the problem for a moment. Yeah, the fact that they had to allow racism to take place to uh, enable the chain of events that would mm. start to loosen the grip of racism is particularly painful. And and poor Graham being yes. the white man who is, is the last one standing uh, um, yeah. to... Make That's her. heartbreaking. Yeah, and you realise that the way to fix this is to be the racist. Yeah, is it's just horrible. The look on his face. I mean, if anybody doubted whether Bradley Walsh should be good, mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't think you need to watch any more to know. There's also a <clears throat> moment uh, where he's talking uh, about his wife, and he talks about mm. the fact that she had a T-shirt called Spirit of Rosa, mm. and then he says, "I wish that she was here," and he looks down. And it's the most wonderful bit of acting on his part. It's it's a really incredible scene. That whole bit of dialogue and his performance is, yeah, and it mm. sets up this bit later on when he's on the bus and he can't do anything. And of course, yeah. he sees his wife in this situation. He It's really affecting. I really loved mm. it. Can I... Get you a coffee, Mr. Hasselhoff. You're new here, aren't you? Just flown in from Europe? Been working on the Berlin Wall project? I saw something about that. Important work. It's not easy keeping those reds on their side of the fence, that's for sure. Yeah? We've tried everyone. Madonna, Bon Jovi, hell, even Lionel Richie has played next to the wall. And they still seem to want to get over it. Sounds like you need a sprinkle of some special stardust then. If only we could get someone to play on the wall itself. Maybe that would do the trick. Hey, that's a great idea. But no one will do it. Health and safety. I'll do it. But you will? Hey, I'm huge over there. If I play my new single to them, they'll all go home happy and leave that wall alone. I'm sure. I don't know how to thank you. They say small nudges in important moments can change history. <laughs> Seriously, it's no hassle. I think it's a clever episode. I think the idea of a villain who can't kill people directly yeah. but has worked out it like the doctor knows that small nudges can improve history. To have someone make that realisation, just that small, she doesn't get on the bus, mm. history changes. I like to think that Crusco is 
from the future. He's just a human from the future, you know, that he's the last of the white supremacists. So this this idea has been hounded and beaten out and he's the last one. Mm. He's just coming back to try and progress his ideology and it just, it doesn't work. I mean, I'm probably just putting that all on it, but I, mm. I, well, he's yeah. just a human. He's mm. just a human with... Yeah with fudged together technologies, making one last ditch attempt. And the fact that he dismisses his crimes, which were horrible. Yeah. Uh, but the effect of what he did was, was huge. But he goes, well, no one, I mean, no one got really hurt. What he means is no one important got hurt. What he means is black lives don't matter, I yeah. think is what he means. What worries me a little bit is Ryan can't really do anything except for Zap Kuzco. I mean, mm. I don't really know what else he could have done to get I want him to out of the way. About that, yeah. But where is he now? Is he teaching amoebas to <laughs> I, I go like... step around the Paleolithic zone? I don't know. Put me down. Hey, hey, Volde, what you got? I got small cow. I'm not a cow. I'm a man. My name is Cranzo. Looks not like cow. It's a leather jacket. Volde sure? Well, it's wrapped in cow skin. Only cows like this. It's made from cow, but it's not an actual cow. Why don't you understand? Hmm. Logic sound. Plugger think yes. What we do? Volde hungry? Hmm. Volde is. Then put cow on fire. Longer find cutting stone. Uh, no. No cry, cow. We use seasoning good. <laughs> he's, he's being really confused by zebras. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I like the idea of if you look very closely at the Tribe of Gum episodes, you see someone who looks very like him. In, in the background. <laughs> no. That would be great though, wouldn't it? Well, that would be terrible. Um, but the idea of 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 Ryan uh being a bit trigger happy, he's that isn't that again, he's done something like that three yeah, episodes in a row now. Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh flipping heck. He's done it again. <sighs> right. I've got to say something. Ryan, can you come here, mate? What's up, Doc? <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah, it was brilliant. Hey, Ryan, I need to have a word with you. That doesn't sound any better coming from you than when my nan used to say it. Look, I'm not telling you off or anything, but I've noticed a bit of a worrying pattern in the way you solve problems. What do you mean? I, I get things done is all. Yes, you do. And I'm very glad to have you on Team TARDIS, but still, you know how you went all call of duty on those sniper bots back on desolation and then zapped a criminal back a few thousand millennia when we were in Alabama. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Sort of. I can totally understand why you did it, but there's a reason I don't use violence. Your actions have consequences that you can't predict and you keep doing the same thing. I do not. You just shot Genghis Khan. Yeah, but only a little bit. Just because it's with an arrow doesn't make it any better. He's the common ancestor of about 8% of the world's population. Blimey. 
he put up out a bit. So you probably shouldn't have put an arrow through his todger. I was aiming for his head. I think you've just proved my point, Ryan. Just back away from the dangerous objects, please. Okay, I'll try and control myself. It just makes me so cross, is all. Where have we landed now? Let's see. Oh, no. 1923. The Weimar Republic. Munich. Ryan, you get back here with that baseball bat! The thing that I think anchors this episode, and one thing I want to talk about, is there would be a danger that that it's sort of like, Rosa Parks did that, racism solved. <laughs> it would have that aura about this episode if it wasn't for one scene, which is what I'm going to call the bin scene. Oh, yes. There's that, that one scene with Yaz and Ryan sitting behind the bin and talking about the fact that, like, mm. it's still something that's happening. I think that was really important, and I'm so glad we got to see that moment. And the language used in it as well was quite shocking. Yes. Mm. And they say the P word. Mm-hmm. I think they could have gone further. Mm. I really do, because... Stop and search is a really, really rubbish thing that happens to good people a lot of the time. Again, it's not up to people of colour to educate us to the reality of what it means to constantly be have your life invaded by figures of authority who are suspicious of you for being in a public space. But, you know, I think they could have pushed that even further, that scene. I think they could have made more of the extent to which it's harder to get a job, it's harder to get access to different types of education you're more likely to be attacked you're more likely to be a victim of violent crime and then less likely to receive justice as a result of it Mm. but i like the idea of the element of hope in there she says in 50 years there'll be a black president who knows what will happen 50 years after that and it reminds me of the quote that the arc of the universe is long but ultimately it bends towards justice and i do believe that It'll um, bend a little faster if we're all dangling off the end. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Who, where's that quote from? I wish I could remember in this moment, but it's a, it's a nice one. Us. It gives me hope that we're just in the mm. we're just in a moment at the moment where it feels like we're losing. But the arc of the universe is long. We have mm. to see ourselves as part of a spectrum, uh, but as part of a continuum rather, uh, and it will it will get better. And that's what I love about Doctor Who. At the end of the day, it presents us with our worst horrors and then it says we can overcome them. Stop at once! Refrain from defacing the citadel further or you will be exterminated! What? Me? Okay, I'll stop. I'm done anyway. Commencing visual scan of the affected area. Results are inconclusive. What have you done? Nothing really, it's just my art. It appears from a cursory inspection that you have spray-painted a likeness of a mighty Dalek on the wall of the Citadel? Yes, but I've also... In the picture, you have replaced our blaster cannon with the earth fruit called banana. Well, yes. And even worse, 
you have replaced our manipulator arm with a common sink plunger. I really haven't. This insult will not stand. The banana thing is bad enough. But to besmirch the technological achievement of our manipulator arm is treachery of the highest order! Was it also you who did the picture of our beloved creator Davros? But instead of his celebrated life support conveyance, he is riding a tiny unicorn? Well... I shouldn't really say. How about the image sprayed onto the side of the Dalek mothership? Of the special weapons Dalek in a sombrero? Look, can we hurry this along? I haven't got all day. Yes? Prepare to be extremely embarrassed that I'm asking you for your autograph! That wasn't what I was expecting you to say. I know I shouldn't like these blasphemous images, but when I saw the one with the Cyberman getting a heart from the Wizard of Oz, I laughed for approximately 200 rails. Well, it just so happens I have a framed copy of my autograph right here. Maybe it'll be worth something one day. This is extremely generous of you. Let me take a closer look. The autograph says Banksy. Banksy who? I'm sure you'll work it out. See you around. What a nice lady. My autograph has destroyed itself. On further inspection, that sink plunger is a hilarious juxtaposition of domestic appliance and military supremacy. Commencing laughter sequence. Ha 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 ha! I liked. There's another bit that I really liked. Well, there's so much in this episode, but. When um, Yaz is, gets on the bus and she goes, well, where do I sit? Where, mm-hmm. where do I fit into this racial um, yeah, uh, racial setup? And she, well, I'll try sitting here and see what happens. And it's fine. But then um, somebody else says, oh, you, you Mexican. Because they can't think of anything else to, any any other sort of pigeonhole to put her in. I think it's very thoughtful, considered writing. Glorious stuff. Mm. I am... Um, I, I'm, I might say something that I didn't like, just because there aren't very many of them having reflected on it. I didn't really like the use of the song at the end. <laughs> I thought it was over the top, um, especially it, it was a beautiful scene that didn't need that much reinforcement. And it feels a little bit unfair to me that the new score sort of stopped before the important moment happened. I'm enjoying the score at the moment and it feels a bit weird to me that they stopped it in order I, to put a, I, a song in i felt it had its place because it's a song that is from the heart and describes um the issues 
And uh, I think it's inspired by a Maya Angelou poem, I Rise Up. Mm. Uh, uh, I'd rather have had someone reading the poem mm, because yeah. I think that's more powerful to me. Okay. Than yeah. that. I think it was just too loud. It felt like a celebration, but this is awful. It's an awful thing they had to do to make things better. And it just feels a bit weird that it was this big song. It, it was not that I don't like the song. I just felt that it was a bit big and it, it took away some of a little bit of the power. Um, I still cried, though. Oh, <laughs> I got quite teary, too. I really like this episode because you'd think that they've got a female doctor, so they're going to play things a bit safe they're going to take things slightly gently maybe she'll defeat some fluffy things i don't know but this <laughs> was not this was the doctor being confronted with something that's brutal vicious and real and dealing with it pretty much in a very unexpected but entirely brilliant way doctor who's dealt with racism before but in metaphor and allegory and this time it dealt with it as a thing as a real human, it appears, thing. And that feels braver than ever, but more important than ever. And the fact that it did it superbly, I mean, it means a lot to me. I don't know why it does, but it means an awful lot to me that it did. This is the haiku for Rosa. Cut price racist Fonz tries to nudge a bus off course. She rose anyway. It's my hope that this episode will become emblematic of the 13th Doctor era. I hope that this is the kind of story they're going to tell a lot more. There was a bit where she's atop one of those sort of rusty tank things and facing off against Krusko and her coat is billowing behind her and he's got a weapon, but she's just facing off against him. And that's the Doctor, right? This is wrong and I'm standing here. And I'm going to put myself between you and all the innocent people. And I just thought she was electric in that moment. And then she did a weird <laughs> sonic <laughs> screwdriver scan and ran off. Oh, yeah, and it was, was like so funny. so funny. And he's such a he's such a uh, a, a, a git where he goes, <laughs> "What are you doing?" I just love that. <laughs> just, it's the look on her face as she does it, like. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's fair to say that we liked. Rosa. Yes. Mm, great stuff. Well, we'll see you back next week for hopefully some Sex Pistols themed arachnids in the UK. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, la la. Wahaha. If you're a naughty person who commits bad crimes There's a special place in space where you can do time Some cosmic genocide or mind control or kicking a puppy oh. A tether binding field to keep you trapped inside Recognize your face so there's nowhere you can hide This ain't no daycare, you're in for a bumpy ride There's a storm cage somewhere out in space 
sweeping over criminals, a very nasty place. There's a storm cage up there in the sky. Only River Song can get out, although many more have tried and it's got mandatory attendance, forced implant repentance. Better start your sentence. Crasco, he's a white supremacist He's not reformed much, you can tell Cause he's still pissed Neural restrict him and then he can still be oh, a very bad idea <laughs> He's very evil and he's got a big bad grudge Mess up some civil rights, give history a nudge Perhaps they shouldn't have let him out at all Well... There's a storm cage somewhere out in space Keeping all the criminals a very nasty place There's a storm cage up there in the sky Only River Song can get out Although many more have tried and it's got Mandatory attendance, forced implant repentance Better start your There's a storm cage somewhere out in space Keeping all the criminals a very nasty place There's a storm cage up there in the sky Only River Song can get out Although many more have tried and it's got Mandatory attendance, forced implant repentance Better start your sentence